This is Tessa and Matthew, and we're devouring and dissecting the original programming of TV's crown jewel, HBO, starting with its top 10 shows of all time, according to New York Magazine's Vulture. You're listening to HB Hoes. What can we say? We're sluts for HBO. Okay. We're back and we're talking about sex in the city. This day has finally arrived. I do think when we started this podcast, we were like, just wait till we get to sex in the city. Because we used to talk about the show when we worked together. All the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think sex in the city literacy is a good, I know it's like among one of the most, you know, iconic popular shows of all time. Mm-hmm. But I still do think that sex and city literacy for me is like a good marker of um, of like, will I like somebody? And yeah, I don't just mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't just mean like, do you like, I mean, literacy, like, do mm-hmm. you know it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I think because it's, you know, it's such a textured, complicated <laughs> show. I get so excited when I talk about sex in the city I have I just like bubble over with things to say because there are so many layers there's so much embedded in this show and it is like you're saying it's so fucking cool to meet someone who also loves it lives and breathes it because you're like yes we are going to connect on a deeper level talking about it totally um and by the way if oh go ahead Oh, <laughs> we're so riled up. We're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I remember when we, well, I think when I first learned that you were also a big fan of Sex and City when we were working together, I had just started listening to the podcast Couldn't Help But Wonder, which analyzes every single episode of Sex and City. So I would also say if you were a fan, I would recommend that podcast because they, they really commit and it's fun to go back through and listen to, you know, your favorite episodes and hear what they have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I never, I, that's actually a good point. Like sometimes I'm like, ugh, another person with another opinion on another thing. Like, aren't there's enough <laughs> opinions in the world, you know, but this is the, this is one of those texts. And yes, it is a text where I'm just like, I like, I don't even, I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. If I hate you, I still want to know what you have to say about this show. Like, I just want to know. And, and I was going like to say, rolling your eyes, agreeing. <laughs> I'm like a great you know but um but I was gonna say like girls is not on the top I think we must have talked about girls but like if we t- if we ever do a girls episode we, we might break we might break zoom like <laughs> it'll get too hot for like 10 hours yeah we're gonna be like what time is it <laughs> year is it will be that broad city episode where they like black out and forget that they're in the same room oh yeah and then they like end up facetime each other yeah totally by the way like um are, are we are you on tiktok yes yes i i'm behind i have like so many dms right now it's stressing me out and i'm <laughs> them and now I'm, like 200 um i will are, say good at tiktok matthew i i i, I love it you know, I love to watch it. I really do. I just, I, I don't have enough good things to say about TikTok. 
Um, and that's like, I'm usually not very earnest about certain things, but I love TikTok. I love everyone on it. Mm-hmm. I love watching it. But anyway, I've seen a lot of girls. I feel like you can kind of track like, you know, trends and what's come, what's what's in and what's out, what people are talking about um, mm-hmm. through TikTok, you know, especially with sounds and whatnot. But like, I've seen a lot of girls clips uh, circulating on TikTok recently. Maybe yeah. I'm just on girls TikTok, mm-hmm. but like, I really do believe it's one of these shows that like, um, the sensibility of the show, it was complicated and um, what's the word I'm working for? Uh, what, it was kind of ahead the, of its time, I think. Yeah, like it, it was very divisive and and mm-hmm. it it divided a lot of people at the time, but I feel like it has a sensibility um, that was going to make sense to like Gen Z. I don't know if that makes sense. You oh, know? oh, that's interesting. But like, I they, also... they've been selecting like Hannah Horvath quotes and I'm like, oh. there's something about her that I kind of am like this like misanthropic kind of, I don't know. I just, that's just, that's just a thought. It's very undeveloped. I just thought of it now. I'm the voice of my generation or <laughs> a, a generation. voice. <laughs> of a generation. A, okay, we're here to talk about Sex and the City, though. We're not here to talk well, about girls. Sex and the City also had a moment on TikTok when, and just like that, was showing too, because oh, a lot yeah. of people were like, you know, cutting down clips. Also, there were some really great points made about Miranda that we will discuss that I was like, oh, okay, yeah. TikTok, they're coming for her and they're coming for this. It was very, very cool um, to see that kind of, yeah, like be resurfaced with the new generation because totally. Sex and the City is, in a lot of ways, it's extremely like aged and problematic and we will talk about those issues. And then in other ways, it's extremely timeless. It talks about things that female friendship don't, you know, that the persist relationships, moving places, all these life issues are still relevant today, even though this is very much a time capsule of the 2000s. Yeah, I think I love the word time capsule. And I'm glad that you said that because I agree. There's a lot about the show that's problematic and or that I don't want to that that hasn't aged well or what's the I feel like there's something about that term that I feel like doesn't capture aged well, like that it. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote something in here about that. We, we can talk about it later, but you know, they're, they use language in the show that we would not use today, that we mm-hmm. shouldn't use today. Mm-hmm. Um, it is often racist and homophobic and transphobic, yeah. sometimes yeah. and sexist, honestly. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do think it's a very valuable time capsule because it be, not only in terms of like what what was happening at that time, especially in New York, but also um, in terms of like TV history, you know, um, and we'll, oh, we'll get to that. It's revolutionary for women. Yeah. And television yeah. And, and how women are portrayed. Yeah. And the truth is like, I don't think there's any, I don't personally, maybe this is controversial and like, you know, listeners would love to hear what you have to say <laughs> whoever listens to this but like i don't take there's no nothing could how could anything age well is that possible i don't think so because like just think about wow. it every it's not possible it just isn't possible like 
you are blowing my mind right now. But am I, am I wrong? Question. No, you're not. I'm thinking about it right now because I've had this thought too. When things are like overtly, like trying to be politically correct, not offend anybody, super, super safe. Like this is probably going to offend someone. (laughs) No matter what you do, this will, and, and, this might not age well as it is right now. Like this is going to be a problem in probably a couple of years. It's just impossible to not. Yeah. You're I'm, I'm, I mean, everything I'm is an art. I'm everything is an artifact of the time in which it was created. It, yeah. it can't not be linked to that time period. So like, you know, I think it's absolutely valuable to call these things out and mm-hmm. to be like, um, but probably even more so in contemporary media, honestly, because it's like, okay, well, you really shouldn't be saying that because you're in this time, you know what the norms are, you know, you know, you know what it means to treat people with respect or what things you should and shouldn't be saying. You look um, at this top 10 list on HBO and a lot of it has very problematic things in it, like within each show, but they're highly regarded television. And like you're saying, it's like important to understand what worked, what didn't work. and like the top 10 list like there's you know things that are like Oof, that is my age well definitely but i will say i think high quality tv yeah exactly and i do i absolutely think that shows about women um and shows about women with created by women now this wasn't darren star is the um EP or executive, whatever he is. But the the writer's room was apparently largely, like predominantly women. But yes. I do think that sh- women, you know, shows about women are definitely mm-hmm. subject to this kind of critique more than shows about men. Like this 100%. show, the, I feel like when you say Sex and the City, people are like, oh, have you watched, like, what about this problematic episode? What about the, you know, and obviously it's true, you know, mm-hmm. but like the truth is people said, people said really shitty, bad things back then. Now, oh my God, and they, they were yeah. so mean to Sarah Jessica Parker. Like men were so mean about her appearance. And apparently before the show, she was not really that much criticized for her looks. And then when she was on it, because she was like such a center of the entire series, like men were like so rude about her. Like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to say, cause I'm like, I so, I think she's so hot. She's so beautiful. I watched oh, the show yeah. and like, she is gorgeous. Her body is insane. And it's like that she's, and she has an, and she's interesting. Scrutiny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also at the same time, I remember one of the episodes of couldn't help but wonder talked about, I think I think they had someone on the show who was working on at the time and said that they were sharing part of the studio space with the Sopranos at the time. So like their production office was next to the Sex and City one. And Mm. you've got Tony Soprano as the other protagonist who is like a murderer and like asshole and cheating on his wife. And you know everyone loves Tony, like he's yeah. the fucking best. But then right. he's Harry, the and they're ripping her apart and ripping Sarah Jessica Parker apart, and it's like, okay, that's like Tony, Tony's an antihero. If there's something about women, like women antiheroes, that they're just like, well, we hate you because you know, and that's just exactly that's literally misogyny. You know, yep. that's like hatred of women. That was enlightened too. Yeah, absolutely. So, some bullshit. And like, I just with regard to, I'm not at all excusing the problematic parts of the show. I just think that 
I just think that all cultural artifact all artifacts have like problematic elements because mm-hmm. how could they know what how could they know what the politics of today are and it's a really great point and this is a horrible world you know it's a horrible oh. horrible world and oh. we're there you know like it's not like today is some kind of um some kind of you know utopia <laughs> this country Guys, is like we are fucked. recording this the the week that row was overturned. I mean, hello. It's like, we are yeah, for sure. This entire this entire planet is fucked. I mean, yeah, it's um, and there. Thank God for shows like Sex and the City. Like, I, know, I was like gonna say, Sex and the City is comfort. I put this on when I am sad. I put this on when I need to escape. I feel like they are my friends. I remember the first time I finished it was in college. It was sophomore year and I finally finished the show and I felt like a new woman. I was like, I understand life in a way that I didn't get before. And I missed them. I was like, why can't I go to the diner and like order these omelets and coffee with them and like listen to some things Samantha says that's like so raunchy and upsets Charlotte. Like, fuck, like, oh. And as we both right. know, mm-hmm. you know, like capturing the capturing the feeling of living in New York or mm-hmm. I mean, I, w- I was going to say any city, but I feel like this is a New York show being being a single person in New York or having the yeah. experience of dating in New York. Mm-hmm. Like it is just one of those shows that I feel like, yes, you know, a lot of the dressing of the show, so to speak, ha- you know, that a lot of it has is not, um, you know, is problematic or has not aged well, but like the core kind of like feeling of being mm-hmm. a certain age, mm-hmm. um, which I guess were probably, they were probably older. I feel like they're in their thirties. Yeah. Late twenties, early thirties. Than us. Yeah. When it started. Um, but, but yeah, the, co- but a- the feeling, you yeah. know, like the, the feeling of like being single in New York, you know, or dating in New York. Before the pandemic, I felt like I had so many moments from Sex and City, and it was awesome. Like leaving a and they it captures those moments, those kinds of romantic moments, Mm -hmm. you know. Exactly, it does a great job of both romanticizing the city, but also showing when it can totally tear you down. Like Carrie, when she goes through her second breakup with Aiden, I believe, and then needs to escape and goes to LA. That's a super real feeling when you're like totally. torn down by the city and you need to get the fuck out. And then you're like, you know what? I kind of miss it. I, I miss it. <laughs> and when they go on, when they go on little vacation, like they go to the Hamptons at one point. Um, at Aiden's cabin. Aiden's cabin. Oh my God. Or even like, <laughs> I still think about, and we're going to talk about the movies too, but like, I think about the first movie when um, she, it's New Year's and she goes to, she goes to, that's the she first to movie, Brooklyn right? To visit to Brooklyn, Miranda. Or, or Miranda because Miranda's so depressed. Because of and it was like, that was, I, that gets me. You uh, know, I cry but, every time. Yeah. All Lang Syne is playing. Oh my God, stop. She hugs her. She's like, no one should be alone on New Year's. <laughs> So yeah, the the stats for this show, Matthew, when I did a quick wiki sh- search, I got so excited. I felt like genuinely proud of this show that has been off the air for so long. But I was like, they premiered in 1998 to 2.8 million households. 
they the finale in 2004 was a record high for the time with 10.6 million viewers that is isn't that crazy i just like for especially i just rewatched the finale to be those actresses knowing that so many people are gonna see the way your character's storyline ends you know that's like everyone's like is who's carrie gonna end up with i gotta tune in like Mm -hmm. What a crazy feeling. I was so proud of them. I was like, you go girls. You captured Totally. You've got them in your clutch. In your clutch. Yeah, no, I see this note, a final episode Sunday scoring its highest ratings ever and beating its broadcast and cable competitors and key demographics as of 2004. I mean, this show, this show built HBO. I mean, this and The Sopranos, these shows built Mm -hmm. HBO, the legacy. They, They kicked off um, you know, the era of, of prestige television, you know, obviously the golden, I, I would say they kicked off the golden age of television. I agree. Um, and I was, so I, Emily Nussbaum is a TV critic in the New Yorker. She's mm-hmm. great. Um, I love her. And she wrote a piece. This was from a couple of years ago. Now she was reading this, this article is from 2013 and she was reading a book by an author named Brett Martin about the creative revolution and the dawn of the golden age of TV. And um, she said this quote of, uh, basically she's, she said, this, so this is one quote, it might as well, and the, this was the author describing Sex and the City, it might as well have been a tourism campaign for a post Rudolph Giuliani de-ethnicized Gotham awash in money. Martin writes of one of my Emily Nussbaum's favorite shows. Its characters were types as familiar as those in Golden Girls, the slut, the prude, the career woman, the heroine, but they, talk, but they talked more explicitly, certainly about their bodies, but also about their desires and discontents outside the bedroom than women on TV ever had before. But so he continued, but he continues on to basically sort of, or she makes the case from this that like, as other shows kind of and she used the quote, ascended to TV's Mount Olympus, which I think is great. She th- she says that the reputation of Sex and the City kind of shrunk and faded away. Um, and that people had sort of been trained to, to refer to it as a guilty pe- pleasure, um, to mock mm-hmm. some of the writing. Um, and, you know, she says, whenever a new chick-centric series debuts, there's the um, comparisons, you know, don't worry, it's no Sex and the City, but as if that were like a good thing. Um, That's tough. So I just think it's interesting because, you know, she makes all these points basically about like what was, what was actually like really kind of novel about the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she says, but Sex and the City 2 was once of HBO's, was once one of HBO's flagship shows. It was the peer of The Sopranos, albeit in a different tone and different milieu, deconstructing a different genre. Mob mm-hmm. shows, cop shows, cowboy shows, those are formulas with gravitas. Sex in the City, in contrast, was pigeonholed as a sitcom. But it was, it's, as we know, it's really no sitcom. And it's actually no. a riff on, it's a riff on a rom-com, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it created, she said, wait, this is a great line. And then I'll stop quoting it. It's an incredible no, I article. It. I gotta read it's it, a, yeah. She's such a good writer. She goes, high feminine instead of fetishistically masculine, glittery rather than gritty and daring in its conception of character. Sex and City was, was a brilliant and in certain ways radical show. It also originated the unacknowledged first female anti-hero on television, ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Bradshaw. Ooh. And that is really Ooh. true because 
the characters are uh, very at some times very unlikable. I think at, yes. I think somewhere in this article she she refers to them as like terrifying actually. Mm-hmm. Um and that is true. Like sometimes they go on really ugly kind of like rants or rampages yeah. act out and they they say horrible things. Decisions bad, are bad. Mm-hmm. Bad decisions they make they say horrible things about other people like yeah. You know, um I just, this is a great, great article. I really suggest that anyone who is a big fan of the show read it. Um, Well, it's also, I mean, she makes so many great points, but like, especially in the way that like, we just haven't seen women, like at that time, we hadn't seen women portrayed in this way. It broke down so many barriers to like see women talking about very um, like specific niche subjects in ways that just we, we never really had heard at the time or I say the the royal we, but you know, like everything from like the episode when Carrie uh, is at the fireman show meets the politician, turns out he wants to, you know, pee on her during sex. Like that was on air. That was Mm -hmm. on TV. Like, I love that. They're just like, okay, we're going to like come up with some really raunchy insane shit and then have women talk about it and then have a plot based around it that was so cool that was so cutting edge and they're not always going to look sexy they're not always going to look perfect they're going to just be unapologetically themselves and that was such a like thank god it happened because it paved the way for so much more brilliant female driven stories to come to fruition I also think, yeah, I completely agree. And I also think that it deals with some topics that, and I'm not just saying topics like, oh, you know, like hot button topics, but like sh- like things like shame, you know, like mm. Carrie deals with a lot of shame throughout the show. Yep. This article actually Gil. references, yeah, that it references um, when she sleeps with, cheats on Aiden, sleeps with Big, Natasha's humiliation, the way that Carrie's betrayal hardened Aiden. Um, even once he took her back like yeah these are like really kind of these are like ugly things you know there's a difference between like oh you know let's we're gonna address like like I don't know just like a hot button issue that's a little bit more like tv ready but these are like ugly things that that are important to address but most viewers you know know most viewers and I'm not like criticizing most viewers but I kind of am like when 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 a show like writes things like this in like shame then people are like oh well like I hate this character like the characters are unlikable I'm like well the truth is most people are unlikable like most people Mm -hmm. do really nobody is perfect (laughs) and Pam Montana (laughs) said that (laughs) but like I don't know I just think there's something really interesting about a show that's like I'm not gonna like a show that's not gonna that they're not going to cover, they're going to cover the things that are like up what's under the rock of like human nature, like the kinds of ugly things that people do. And that, that women like the ones on Sex and the City are get stereotyped for, you know? I love the under the rock metaphor. It's so true. I, one of my favorite moments is when Miranda finds out she has chlamydia and has to make a list of everyone she's had sex with. And like the idea of like her writing her list and having this like Gil and like am I a slut like you know compiling all these names and then she goes to Steve and Steve has like double the number she does and it like again like you're saying it's just we're not gonna sugarcoat it we're gonna like show like 
women having like sex in all different ways, talking about it, being open about it. We're not going to hide it. And it's not always going to be perfect. And I think that's so refreshing and was so needed. Like it gave way to girls insecure, like so many like shows that could just continue this unbelievable character driven writing that is like totally chef's kiss over and over again. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. And girls and insecure are both really good examples of shows that definitely took from this legacy, not you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that like, it's like, oh, well, Sex and the City did that already. No, like these are really They're great original continuations. concepts. Yeah, totally. But they wouldn't have been made possible without this show. No. And some of the that. other like chipper, yeah. more chipper, like, you know, the Mary Tyler Moore show, like that mm-hmm. had a very chipper attitude. This yep. show isn't always very chipper, like, um, and, no. you know, same with girls and Insecure, as which we both love, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that the Molly Issa relationship definitely um, is a you know sort of soul sibling to these these friendships because they um, it's a really complicated friendship and that friendship makes the show to me. Yeah, I mean yes. that is what the show is about. It's about their friendship and about the about the um, about its sort of growth and its ebbs and its flows and whatever. And at the core of this, this is about friendship as well. And like how at one point, I think it's Charlotte that's like, have you ever realized that like we're each other's soulmates and like right. a guy is just lucky or also a big set of variation of that. Like, or he was like, you're the loves of her life and a guy is just lucky to like come in. It's like, yeah, yeah they're really, the friendship is the core of the show. And then in which that umbrellas, all these other plot lines that involves sex relationships the city um <laughs> yeah but I also yeah. think I think I think friendships definitely but also I think like self-determination and individuality too because mm-hmm. a lot of the show is about Carrie like having a date doesn't she say like a date with New York or like what you know yes. you can always like have <laughs> like she she definitely yeah. is like I love very yeah. it, there's a lot of growth personal growth that she has to kind of contend with and the in mm-hmm. the characters as well like it's yeah. it's weird because the uh, you know now if we're going to talk about the format of the show mm-hmm. you know they're not all together all that often so they're if you think about when they're together sometimes they go out together they have they dinner usually eat or they have together. lunch yeah yeah mm-hmm. they, they have standing lunches they call each other on the phone sometimes they get together one-on-one but the way yeah. that the show is the way that each episode is structured is Carrie narrating and then they all have little vignettes alone so it's really about mm -hmm. like it's also very much about their own personal growth Mm -hmm. each of their personal growths as as people too which I it's a great point totally um I made a note which maybe feels more relevant to say now um excuse me just about like the way this show balances drama with the comedy is so outstanding to me and how every character has a heavy arc near the end of the show. Like Samantha getting cancer was Mm. the most brilliant choice to make for that character. And I also have heard since then that I believe it was um, Candace uh, Bushnell, I believe was diagnosed with cancer um and like was scared to tell the writer's room because she didn't want to lose her job 
but then once I think it came forward, they were like, that would be like an amazing plot line for. Wait, Samantha. who's Candace? Isn't that the the woman who wrote the oh, book? Oh, Kim, Kim Cattrall. Oh, who wrote the book? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Who wrote the, the, um, yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah. I believe it was her or I'm mixing her. Oh, that's so bad. I need to fact check this. But the one of the women who was like a really big writer of the show. Um, yeah had a cancer diagnosis and then like they were like let's give that plot line to samantha to samantha yeah who is the most like you know i gotta look good all the time i'm gonna get laid all the time i'm so confident nothing can stop me and this was just like the antithesis of that was this diagnosis and feeling insecure and not being able to have a sex drive anymore and when the doctor was like it could be because you had sex so many times. Like that was just like horrible, devastating. Um, But also in, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I see your note here about um, the cancer narrative and the interview. Oh yeah. yeah. I I just watched an interview with her where people, where she said that people really appreciated that narrative and that it was Mm -hmm. like really valuable to a lot of women and that people would come up to her and say like, you know, that made me feel less alone. Like, I don't know. I think that stuff like that is real. Like that this, that something like that can actually touch people. Totally. Um, Um, Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like it was like, again, like you were saying before, like this show is going to show all sides of life and it's not always glamorous. Like people get sick and yeah. The life we're living before is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in addition to like, even more than like, I think the one of the things the show does really well is that like things happen, right? Like, wh- I think actually you wrote about Charlotte's pregnancy struggles and the one who always mm-hmm. wanted a family contrasted with Miranda's unexpected pregnancy. Like, yeah. and then the fact, like those two things happen and then they fight about it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like it's not pretty because it kind of like, it hits a nerve right? When Miranda gets pregnant, uh, is unexpectedly pregnant and Charlotte is super jealous. That's one of my favorite plot lines. It's great. And they have to reconcile that, you know? Yeah, they do. It's, it's really like brutal on their friendship when, when Charlotte like can't even look at her because this is the only thing she's ever wanted is to have a family. And then she's talking to her best friend who's like, so uh, maybe I'll keep the baby. Maybe I won't. I don't really want this. And it's like, how do you overcome such an intense obstacle between two women? And when Charlotte has her miscarriage and it's the same day as Brady's birthday party and she's able to like bring herself the, you know, Elizabeth Taylor inspiration and get dressed up and go to the party. Like, oh, it always brings me to tears because that's just so mm-hmm. hard to to face that reality. But they're, they're best friends and she's got to be there for her and be there for Brady. Exactly. Beautiful. Also, uh, I, I, and also a good example of how the pretty, you know, I will, I guess they're rare moments where the show explores relationships between characters that don't involve Carrie, Mm, where Carrie mm -hmm. Carrie isn't the kind of like center of the solar system. Like when Charlotte and Samantha feud about sort of like their sexual habits. Yes. Um, Oh my God. I love that episode. Cause yeah, we don't really see Samantha and Charlotte together that much, but they really do get along and they really like balance each other out and you need one without the other. Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and that episode where Miranda's mom passes and, uh, Samantha struggles with grief 
and also where Charlotte kind of really steps up in a big way to help plan and like take care of Miranda. Yep. Like that, I liked that episode a lot because it's Me like, too. These, like things happen. Yes, like things happen. People die, people get sick, but those things don't happen in a, ba- a vacuum. Like they affect, like it brings out things in other people, you know? Exactly, exactly. Samantha cannot talk about it and everyone's just like you need to stop being so self-absorbed but it's really not about that it's about the fact that she cannot grieve she doesn't like she has a really hard time expressing those feelings and exactly and then you think about like okay yes on the one hand charlotte's being really good to miranda Mm -hmm. but on the other hand it's a little bit like a self-righteous goodness she's like i'm really good i'm like planning in a crisis Mm -hmm. and whereas Mm -hmm. samantha at face value might be like samantha could you step up to the point like be a good friend but then you're like oh wait there's good reason why she actually is behaving this way and you have to kind of you feel for her you know Totally. Exactly. Charlotte's got this type A, you know, personality throughout the show. And I think like, I remember, yeah, when she orders the flowers and they show up looking like the Olympian ring flowers and she's so upset because it's so tacky for a funeral, but yeah, she is just trying to be the best planner she can be. And it's, you know, they both need a moment of like taking a step back and realizing what the gravity of the situation and which is why Samantha and Charlotte, yeah, they balance each other out so much. Like they one needs a little bit of the other. Um, also in yeah. that funeral episode when Steve and Aiden show up and oh my god, Carrie's walking Miranda down the aisle. Oh, I like it really that yeah, that part too. Because that that that's when you know a show has actually really succeeded in like making char- iconic characters, you know, where you're like you like see it's like you know when you're when you go to a funeral and you see like a family member that you care about and then it makes you cry or like you you go yeah. to someone's birthday and you, you yep. feel pro- like and then you're feeling that way about characters it's like wow this really did something it's so true the you you know them so well that you know that Steve would show up cuz he's a stand up guy even if they aren't dating anymore he would be there for Miranda cuz he cares about her and it's like we're talking about him as if he's a real guy cuz they wrote him <laughs> so well and he acted it so well <laughs> yeah yeah no it's true it's true uh, also you know while we're on the topic like friendships but and also individuality and individual growth and also loneliness too mm-hmm. like um just like what it means to like live on your own and to that sometimes mm. you you do really feel alone and i i think that when steve's mom um gets dementia and miranda mm-hmm. that epi- when miranda moves to brooklyn and she feels really isolated and then she's mm-hmm. suddenly taking care of someone who um you know she 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 is a caregiver to someone that isn't that can't really be present to like keep her company at the same. Like there's something about that episode where she like runs away and she's running through Brooklyn trying to find Steve's mom and then ends up bathing her That's at the, the end. Finale. That's the finale. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And like also Steve, like looking at Miranda while she's doing it, like, okay, that's really, that is true commitment to somebody that like, you know. Magda's like, that's love. Miranda <laughs> what you right. did is love and then kisses her on the head yeah oh I like, love that Miranda's growth in the show is insane like someone who was not nurturing didn't want a family super career driven wasn't gonna settle down like maybe you get married and then she like ends up like being the like mother hen to all of these issues mm. it's just oh my gosh and when she's pregnant and doesn't know if she'll be able to take care of a, a child but she ends up taking care of charlotte at that time like oh warms my heart 
Totally. Also, like, while we're talking about other characters, you know, like, Mm -hmm. obviously the central, like, kind of part of Carrie's character is the, is big, you know, and like, the falling in and out of love with him, hurting other people in the process of being obsessed, infatuated with him. The truth is, like, and I'm not, I'm not referring to anyone specifically. I'm just like, this is really just like a my general, and maybe this is really cynical and wrong, right? Mm. So, so feel free to, you know, t- tell me in the comments or whatever. But like, I don't, I think most relationships, like, not all, rela- like, most relationships are not pretty, you know. Like, mm, I just feel mm-hmm. like the stuff that they went through with infidelity and with jealousy and with and with, you know, her kind of mania about him. And, and, and then in the end, they end up together and, and they're super in love. And then he dies in and just like that. And like, she is a widow to like the love of her life. I just, there's something about the like scale and the like messiness of their relationship that like, even though I don't like him, right? It still mm-hmm. feels real. Like think about, I don't know. I just feel like I know people that like, I just feel like that's relationships are, you know, they're like, they're just, sometimes you end up with people that like maybe aren't great for you for a period of time, but then it, it like, you know, you're like clawing through the, like the brush of like something that's bad. And then you end up on the other side and it, and it works yeah. because yeah. the other thing is like they, her friends hated him hated him, and then forget mm-hmm. about it in the first movie, you know, when he stands her up, they really yeah. hate him. Yeah, and then yeah. in just like that, and again, you know, we'll talk. We can get to that, mm-hmm. you know, and what it did to the show. But like, even so, when he dies, they eulogize him in a really kind of beautiful way, which suggests that, like, yes, he was bad. They they together were uh, were bad for a while, but like in the end, they meant something to one another. They were partners, and like that somehow that's sometimes how things are, you know. Carrie and Big are so meant for each other, a hundred percent. You're like the minute you you see them connecting on or meeting on the street when she's picking up her cigarettes and her condoms, and he's got this look in his eye. It's like you two are cut from the same cloth. You're like metropolitan, cosmopolitan, loving people. You're social. Love stuff. You're sexy. Yeah. Love stuff. It's I mean, they are so like drawn to each other. And I totally agree with you. Even if you don't like him, you can't deny that there is like an electricity between them. That's not good for them. But who else would, you know, she end up with? It was a train wreck with Aiden. They have nothing in common. Oh, God. They, they and have some of those Aiden literally nothing were in common. So cringe. So cringy. It's, it's like actually like very hard to watch at times because mm-hmm. you're just like, this is so bad. But, you know, in the end, you're most people, I feel like, are rooting for Big and Carrie because, like, they get each other and I think they'll be happy. But in shout out to a listener and dear friend, Emily, who in her um, cameo, she was like, Big was the most likable in the first five minutes of and just like that. And then he died. (laughs) We yeah. like it was so well, let's talk about it just like that. Seeking 
like we've never seen them just happy together. We've always seen them in like these like ups and downs and moments of happiness in between them, but they finally just had like a good, healthy marriage and were happy together. And then they killed him off. I wow. thought I did think that was kind of <laughs> iconic, honestly. I like I, I okay. I don't Let, know what we, I think. <laughs> let's talk about it just like that. Let's talk about okay, it. Okay, yeah, we're here we are. Here so we go. so obviously, you know, highly anticipated. Um mm-hmm. You know, lots of speculation, especially around the fact that Kim Cattrall would not be coming back as Samantha. Although I think it's rumored now that Samantha is going to co- make a comeback. I don't know what that means. If they're I also heard recast. Her. Yeah, I'm like, I, please don't do that. I wouldn't That's do that. Awful. At any rate, I I <laughs> thought that bringing back, or I thought that killing Big was like actually a really exciting narrative tool. Yeah. Because because like, why is there a show? there something has to happen <laughs> yeah and and i liked that that happened and i and and like also okay i'm not saying sarah sjp is like the best actor in the world you know although shout I out really to her for her. shout out to her for being one of the original annies i also think she's fabulous and hocus pocus <laughs> I, I act okay i like her i like her but i wait she did I, she she acted the hell out of that scene she, she acted was, the hell out of the scene she was like <laughs> I oh my gosh, Matthew! I rewatched the finale um, yesterday, and when she yells at Big on the street, "You and I are nothing!" Oh my! God. I'm like clapping, like yes, oh. <laughs> like give her an Emmy! Oh my god, she's so good. Well, that in that yeah, Oscar for the movie. I mean, hello. Oh my god, that scene oh. is fucking iconic. And just like that, I think what was hard at first for me, like it, I warmed up to it by like near the end of this, the series, but I felt like they were beating us over the head with a lot of things in the dialogue. Like they were like, especially as like original fans, like they, it just felt like they were so hard trying to make it way more inclusive. And it was just like, all right, we know the original had a lot of fuck ups. Like we get that. There has to be a more organic way to do this rather than like, just like Miranda stumbling into that classroom and saying every wrong thing about (laughs) like, I was just like, I'm having a hard time with this. I'm, I miss the old banter. I felt like there wasn't many jokes from the original show, like, or in this cadence of the original show, like Carrie's quick one-liners. And then I feel like it kind of found its footing, but it just, to me, was like, where's the magic of this original series? I feel like it's lacking in here. It was definitely lacking. Now, that being said, like, I do think that these characters wouldn't necessarily age. Like, there's no way, again, kind of to the topic of like, you know, do things age well? Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way these characters as women can age seamlessly to become like the perfect sort of uh, they say the right thing all the time. Like in some, I kind of like, yeah, I thought that that was, I think what they did to Miranda was bad. (laughs) Well, we'll talk. Yeah. But no, I hear what you're saying. But, but like, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a generational thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it makes sense to me that Charlotte would have a hard time with, with her child being a binary. Like that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie, like, 
you know, being like, uh, it, I forget what was happening in the podcast where she was like, the not podcast sex positive was or something. not funny. Well, it the was podcast was, yeah. I think funny. what you're saying is like the, the humor, the fun, the, the, like the delight, you know, the delight element that, but as we know, this is a show very much about people doing ugly things. Totally. Um, and I so just, it would, it's okay for them yeah. to do ugly things, but I also yes, think that you're yes. right. That like the magic is gone. Because watching Sex in the City, I laugh out loud. These women crack me up. They're so fucking funny. The line, there's a line that Samantha says about how like no one would fuck Nixon and that's why he fucked us. Like really makes me laugh. And I just like felt like the reboot, I, there was no humor like that. Like I was yeah. like, all right, this is a bummer. It was very, yeah, it was definitely like sucked of um, kind mm-hmm. of any fun. It was no fun anymore. It was no know? fun because Big died and it was about grief. <laughs> but it's harsh. But, but when you, he died, you are right. You you make a great point, and I see your point about the like the women struggling to catch up with like where we're at and not saying everything correctly, and that is very relatable for sure. Yeah, but yeah, like, sorry. To I think that it. they would somehow. Let's talk about Miranda. Yeah. Miranda sexuality. That 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 it just it wasn't right. It 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 I can't explain it, but it just is. It no, it's not believable to me. Um, it feels like Cynthia Nixon, like just putting herself in the show in a way. I just don't, part of me feels like Miranda being politically, racially insensitive or like, you know, that I could get on board with, but, but the sexuality thing and also like behaving that way with Che Diaz. Mm Mm-hmm like at knocking at their door, you know, I was just like, this is no, like, like, what have you done to this woman? I couldn't agree more. There was a TikTok that I loved that someone, uh, Wait, I together. think I know that one. Yes. The clip of Miranda yelling, your life isn't a fairy tale to Carrie and then cutting to, and just like that, when she's in the cab and she's on the phone with Karen, she goes, I'm living in a rom-com. It's like, what happened here? Like, no, like that's no. And I don't, she- not her no and Che Diaz also one of the most memed care I think the most memed character on the entire um the entire show like that Mm -hmm. they the treatment that that character gets I mean the singing that song I wish that I could all be California girls or whatever the Beach Boys song and then like and just the like I don't know oh my god when they're when they fuck in and Carrie's had just had her surgery or whatever it was. And like, I actually had a conversation. I remember, I forget who I was talking to, but, but we were like arguing about who was right and who was wrong, you know? I know. Cause Carrie was pissing moment. me off in that scene, but I was also like, yeah. See, okay. I surgery. was kind of with, let's talk about that. Cause I was with <laughs> Carrie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she did just have surgery. She cannot get, I was like, excuse me. She like, needs help. Yeah. First of all, like, just, could you just like, I was with Carrie and I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me like, no, I feel you. I feel you. I think I was just so annoyed at the whole show. (laughs) And also when Carrie is, when Carrie is um, grating like that and shouting, like it's very hard to side with her because she's so unlikable in those moments where she's like, you like, you know, like she really gets like, but that's what I love about SJP's performance in the show. And maybe that's her only (laughs) mode, but like it fits the character so well because because she can get really in her feelings. Charlotte was like, I think Miranda's an alcoholic. 
And Carrie was like, I don't care. And Charlotte's like, I found multiple nips in her purse. And Carrie's like, who gives a shit? <laughs> it's like, I don't care. Big died. Didn't you get the... <laughs> and the, oh, and by the way, like the texting of, with Samantha thing, just oh, a waste oh, of screen time. Oh, throw just it like get that off my screen. Window. You're wasting, you're wasting air time. <laughs> like... The one thing they did with Samantha that I was like a sobbing mess, by the way, for the first two episodes, like say what I will about how I didn't totally enjoy the show. I cried my fucking face off, which I don't know how I feel about. It's very emotional. Heart attacks are very triggering for me. I cried a lot. But when Samantha sent those flowers, basket case. Basket okay. Case. That I, I love it. I love things like that too. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was beautiful. I was like, she would, she's a class act, but I don't need to hear from her. I don't need to hear Samantha's in London. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I felt really, really bad for Carrie in that in when she goes to her, one of her, the other um, podcasters like party and it turns out to be mm -hmm. like an engagement. Mm -hmm. um, I felt really, really, I think that in fact they want you to feel bad for her because there's they kind of like the shot is like she's kind of like sort of alone like the blocking is that she's like a little bit distanced from other people she's like there alone they're all clapping for her like I just felt bad for her I was like yeah this is what it looks like to be a widow and yep. to to age you know and to to just like realize that you're aging and that certain parts of your life are over um so there are like so you know depressing. hits and misses but definitely I think it, it was so bad at times that it almost is like, it almost is like its own thing. Like, yeah. like a mm -hmm. the horrible reboot gone wrong that like is so bad that you almost like want to analyze it to, to, to think about how bad it is. And then it somehow is like good again. Yeah. 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 That's fair. Like, of course I'm going to watch the next season. Of course I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I do this. Yeah. This yeah. is who I am. And a humongous, you know, conversation generator for HBO. Like, oh, absolutely. Uh, Big's, Big's death and the um, Peloton thing. Che Diaz as a meme. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. like Miranda as a meme. The one of the funniest moments in the show, I will give it to them, that was very classic Sex in the City um, vibe where they just would have great cut twos and edit choices was when... Charlotte is like so pissed that Rock doesn't want to get they mitzvahed and is like, well, someone's <laughs> oh, someone is getting the see now that like okay now that is the type her. of yes. yeah so funny the, that is the type of humor that feels like original like okay like Agreed. Samantha yeah. may make that type and and that to me is like a funny joke like yeah mm -hmm. I think that I mean I don't want to speak for. I don't, I will, I will not speak for non-binary people, but like, mm -hmm. there's something about that joke that just feels like it's tongue in cheek. It's like, we gotta be able to laugh about it. I just and feel like that. And love that it's Charlotte that ends up getting it because it's like very, she's like, well, I planned this whole thing. So fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like in good humor. I don't know. Like that yeah. to me felt like classic sex in the city, you know, yeah. the joke, the Agreed. moment, the mm -hmm. thing, like that was like, yep. okay, that's what the show is all about. You yep. know, a kind 100%. of little package. I was going to say something unfortunate that I, I didn't realize until I, I think I rewatched this a couple months ago, but 
um, the episode Carrie meets um, Aiden is the same episode that Samantha dates the restaurant owner's brother. And right. Yeah. Oh, and that yeah. rough plot. But you Racist. have to have that episode because of the Aiden introduction. Like that, yeah. you know, like that's a really important like arc kickoff. But no, definitely. Very racially insensitive episode. Very, very bad. I mean, yeah. I, I was looking up a couple of moments, like season two, episode 10, they talk about Steve being working class, which is kind of yep. a through through line about their relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the, the horrible bisexuality episode, mm -hmm. uh, Samantha getting into an argument, the what that one you just mentioned with yep, the three. Yep. yep. Um, Samantha and the sex workers uh that really who brutal. like super transphobic or i mean the characters were described in the show as being trans although like n the the characters never identified themselves mm -hmm. um but it's interesting because like there's actually a quote from laverne cox she said it was disappointing to me as a black trans woman to see black trans women enter the world of sex in the city and be so thoroughly othered um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she added however that she still loved the show like mm -hmm. the show, it, it's interesting because the show does some pretty bad stuff as a product of its time and also not as a product of its time. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But it's interesting because I think it still has this, it still has this enduring legacy for so many people, um, even for those who are offended by it, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. complicated. It's, it's definitely a complicated, complicated show. What else didn't age well? Uh, Jules and Mimi. Mm, mm -hmm, that was, mm -hmm. was kind of rough. Um, yep, yep. Mental health, uh, just as a concept. Oh, yeah. Therapy. Uh, especially, yeah, the David Duchovny episode was not great when they joke so much about where he's staying. Um, I Oh, yeah, I mentioned body shaming, Samantha in the movie. Um, mm. And then for things that did age well, we, like, talked about this as a potential, like, question to ask but like carrie's tank top dress aged oh. so well the gray one for the fashions aged incredibly the fashion I, I, I do fashion. love the fashions i do feel though like that the like race race feels like a big one like men that like non-white men are definitely like kind of ogled or like mm -hmm. uh you know trivialized or like um essentialized and like sexualized too like I, I definitely feel like like the way that the show deals with race definitely underscores like how people felt about or, or how it was treated at the time you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um as like something that was like up totally up for grabs yeah you know? yeah so that part that that is often hard to watch I would say yeah that was pretty brutal um for sure. Because it's almost like they don't feel like they have to answer. Like there's like no sensitivities around it. It's just like, like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like there's a, like, a very defensive attitude around race. I feel like. Yeah, totally. The whole Miranda dating Dr. Robert Leeds. Yeah. Was yeah. kind of doomed for disaster, especially because you know that she and Steve are supposed to be together. But yeah, so he's a just, great guy. <laughs> yeah, and they're just like they're pit stops along the road towards like white people, and then yeah, and then exactly. obviously there's, you know, it's New York, very diverse city. Some yeah. some groups are not even represented at all, which nope. that that definitely is kind of like a is is a big, is I would say 
a, a miss, not a sore spot for the show, you know? Yeah, totally. Gonna move on to the pilot. Um, yeah, the, so I'm going to reference here the couldn't help but wonder podcast because it's excellent and y'all should listen to it. Um, but the way they discussed the whole, like Carrie's first question of the show was really, really enlightening. Um, because it opens with this, you know, story about this woman who basically got ghosted by this guy that had promised her all of these really big life changes, moving in together, getting married, all these things. And then he just like, never, she never heard from him again. And this kind of set off Carrie. And it's so funny because we never hear from this woman again. (laughs) We don't, she's not like friends outside of the foursome don't really exist in this world. But this like moment is what sets off Carrie. And she's like, you know, I'm going to like fuck like a man. Like I'm going to have sex like a man. And her interpretation of that is just basically not returning the favor, like going over to a guy's place, getting head and then just like being like, oh, I'm going to go. Thanks. And I just thought that was and the girls, uh, the hosts on this podcast say it like it's just a really weird tone they're setting for the show mm-hmm. um, and not very indicative of who Carrie's character is like. Because mm-hmm. she's definitely someone who is like very protective of her friends, mm-hmm. but it just felt like a very weird move for her and also not accurate because right. it's just a different thing than what she's her goal she's setting out to do. But because she did this, that is what led her to big, which is right. when she drops her bag, the cigarettes spill out, the condoms spill out. And it also mirrors the finale because when Big walks into the hotel in Paris and finds her, she is bending over on the floor, scooping up her necklace. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, a really yeah, nice yeah. book. Oh, end. that's I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool to see how that all came back together with the same act of like finding her like that and just this like electric energy between them. Yeah. Um, and also the cigarettes very much juxtaposes Aiden, who could not stand the fact that she smoked cigarettes and tried to get her to stop. That's you know, right. Just again, also doomed to fail. Um, and then, yeah, your note here. So yeah, tr- we, we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but um, yeah, that, that was something the direct address is, they use that a bit in the first season. I, I definitely think, you know, it took a minute to find its footing and I'm glad that they got rid yeah. of that. Cause it feels hopeful, Me too. you know, it doesn't feel like it matches the show. It feels like it's trying to be other shows with this, I uh, like talking head bit. And I think once they kind of got through the first season, yeah, they, they figured out what the tone was and, and nailed it. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Carrie is a pro tag. Like we discussed, she's hard to watch. Deaf. And deaf. She is drama like the she is the drama <laughs> yeah yeah but like we wouldn't have the show without her because she is the glue in this friendship and her and like big's love story is so magnetizing mm-hmm. to watch mm-hmm. i also like that you put up this point about um carrie venting to her friends about therapy oh we, we t- i think we talked about that a bit the mental health piece oh yeah oh my god that episode like sent me 
on my last rewatch when she's like, she gets so much more frustrating the more big hurts her. Yeah. Totally checks out because it's like a toxic. Oh, very toxic. Yeah. But then she's like, all she does is talk about it with the girls. And I think it's like at Bryant Park. (laughs) They have this like little intervention and they're like, you need therapy. And she's like, that's what I have you guys. And they're like, we don't know what we're talking about. We don't give proper advice. You need to go see a therapist. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When Miranda throws out her back and carries oh, right. Eden to go help her. Oof. Rough. Just some real self. That is, yeah, that's right that's there. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a, that was a great moment. Um. Oh, my God. It was so cringy. What else do you think about Carrie? Like, just her character, the way she is our eyes of the show and our voiceover to the show. I just, I, I like how off, you know, I, I like how often she is just extremely unlikable and Uh and grating. Um, You know, I, I like, I think that that's what makes her a compelling character and also such an iconic character, you know, Uh like Uh one that, um, we, I think in another episode, we referenced that entertainment week, the, like, there was like a ranking of best TV characters of all time mm-hmm. or something like she's mm-hmm. gotta be up there, you know? Totally. I mean, her fatal decisions drive so much of the plot in the show, like totally thing with big, again, you just like have this, in, this knot in your stomach and it escalates the suspense of the show. You just, you're waiting for everything mm-hmm. to fall apart and it, and it's also you you also feel for her because like she loves this man. Yeah. He married someone else. And that yep. has to feel like total shit. A favorite couple. Favorite couple. Um favorite jingle. <laughs> what? need to make a jingle yeah. um okay we both put down steve and miranda yeah um, which i fucking love them but i also do love harry and charlotte they're yeah i like harry and charlotte too i do too steve and miranda to me feels like the the, the best love story i don't know like the yeah i don't want to say the purest but like just the one i'm most about i don't know i like no them. i I feel that I I love Steve. Steve is my favorite man on the show. Yeah. Um, and oh, they just go on such a journey together. Like mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. raising the baby together, figuring out they're meant to be. I think what what draws me to Harry and Charlotte is like the the way they found each other as like him being her divorce lawyer, I think is so funny. Mm-hmm. And that she converted for him, I think is really like beautiful yeah i like that too i like that that note as well yeah he levels her out he chills her out totally definitely levels her out for sure oh we do have a couple oh yeah the other friends i oh yeah stanford anthony magda and then i put bobby sign who is oh right and mitzi von muffling also um kristen uh johnston is that the actor's name who falls out the window flat Yes, great episode. Great, very good episode. Very good episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm so bored I could die. 
New York it used to be fun. No one has any fun anymore. Yeah, that's an iconic moment, absolutely. And I love how, I also, uh, in that moment, love the, whoever decided to come up with the blocking where, or maybe SJP did it, where she falls out the window and Carrie like turns, she like turns her body and her face into um, the Russian. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, ah, it's like, it feels like a very Carrie move to just like hide, you yeah. know? Totally. I, I liked that. She really gets the physicality of the character. I actually think SJP is like a good physical actor, like a big, a good physical, she's good physicality, you know? Totally. Oh, she's, she's fantastic. Um, yeah. That's a really great point about her reaction too. It's just so shocking. I always <laughs> think about that. It's just like, I love that she like turns into him and kind of like a little bit about like how she's a, like her attitude towards men in a way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or dating, which also, which also I can't believe I forgot Candace Virgin's character. Oh also, yeah. Right. Love yes. her. Love, love, love. love. Yeah. Um, Stanford rest in peace. RIP. Yeah. Oh, man. And they were friends. They were friends too. Like, yeah. He went to college with my parents. No way. Yeah. Wow. Willie Garson. Sad. Very sad. So sad. He's, you know, in some ways, I think he is Carrie's best friend because um, they do have such a special connection. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Or Miranda. Or Miranda. Um, I just... Or Samantha. I don't know. See, now it kind of gets into like, <laughs> everyone loves Carrie, you know, that we know this. Totally. I think what was frustrating, though, about Carrie and Stanford's friendship is that she like almost never asked about him. It's that's true only about her like there's one episode where he calls her out and it's like are you ever gonna ask me about my hot boyfriend marcus <laughs> yeah it's kind of great right like yeah. That- <laughs> yeah yeah um i love magda yes I love- queen. i love her i love the way she replaced miranda's vibrator with a bible but and the mo- and the moments hilarious. of tenderness between her and miranda too are like well earned you know totally so beautiful um okay the finale finale yeah spoiler alert big and carrie end up together (laughs) door yeah um and then obviously a lot more happens i mean we kind of talked about the movies already but like you know end and just like that but they go through a lot um i think that it i don't know i think it i think it's meaningful that they end up together because it's kind of like the final it doesn't really tie itself up with a bow because in some ways like you when they end when they end up together like you as a viewer should have lots of reservations about it and like uh-huh. it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy you know like it begins with them and it ends with them so i don't know i know i i think it's a great episode i think it's written very well and they wrap up the arcs well and like you're saying like they do give you a lot of things to think about and feel just as a human um but it is interesting that like i remember hearing years later about how like even the writers of the sex and the city series had reservations about the way it ended but i don't really know how else you could have ended it like carrie ending up alone doesn't feel like it matches the nature of the show no definitely not definitely not no. it had to be big yeah yeah definitely um also we haven't talked about smith but I right love- i like smith too and i like the smith in conjunction with 
Samantha's cancer um, diagnosis too. Uh, And then they break up, I guess, in the second movie. They break up in the first movie. First movie, but then second movie, he's they're still friends because he's that's how they get to Abu Dhabi. Oh my god, I don't want to talk. I actually don't want to talk. (laughs) That that yeah, that's toilet. That's in the toilet. That should have never seen the light of day. Also ruined Aiden for me. Definitely. And and Kim Cattrall, bless her, was like, the second movie was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was a, that should not, it was super racist. Yeah, just bad, bad, bad. Also made Miranda an optimist. And was like, what the fuck is this? No, movie? yeah, that, see, maybe that we should have known from that, that they, that she was destined for bad things. <laughs> <laughs> that was a warning and we all just didn't take it. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so we sourced our nearest and dearest Sex in the City fanatics. <laughs> fanatics, connoisseurs, big ass fans, but Matthew, I'd like to know, fuck, Mary, kill, Aiden, Steve, big. So for me, this is like, for me, this is written in the stars. And like, if you don't, and I would be surprised if anyone didn't. Oh, actually, I guess we kind of differed. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, okay, um, fuck, Mary, okay, Mary, Steve, mm-hmm. fuck, Aiden, and kill big. Yep. Yeah, I we're swapped though. Yeah, we swapped. I yeah, I said Mary Aiden because he is kind of my brand of guy. Yeah. Like I I if I married a furniture designer, wow, would I wow. feel awesome yeah. about myself. But I also could see myself marrying a Steve. Um Yeah. But they're yeah, good. you know, they're both good and they're friends, you know. So I, I just felt like Steve had the best sex scenes. And I mm-hmm. want to know what that's like. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, fuck big, kill big. Kill, <laughs> not fuck big, but kill not big. Not fuck big, kill big. <laughs> um, Let's hear what our fans have to say. Oh yeah, we'll hear what our, our friends, friends, friends of the show. Friends, we love you guys. Thank you for answering us. Hey, HB Hoes, long time listener, first time caller. My name's Nicole. Um, I wanted to answer the question, fuck, marry, kill, Big, Steve, and Aiden. I think this is a pretty obvious answer, so I'm curious to hear what other people say, but I think for sure, for sure, kill Aiden. (laughs) I would fuck Big, and I would marry precious Steve. All right. Thank you. Bye. Hi, my name is Lizzie Rosenberg, and I'm a journalist from New York. If I could fuck, Mary, kill Big, Aiden, and Steve, I would fuck Big because he's a hunk of meat. I would kill Steve because he's kind of lame. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And I would marry Aiden because he's a hot piece of ass and he makes good furniture. Thank you so much. Hello, this is Lizzie Rosenberg again. I would like to amend my answer. I think I would rather fuck Steve because according to Intel, he is good in bed. And by that Intel, I mean Miranda. And 
I would rather kill Big because he's mean. The end. Thank you. Hi, my name is Megan Malone. Um, I'm a writer on Good Mythical Morning, and I'm here to give you my Fuck, Mary Kill, Sex in the City edition opinions. Um, so I think obviously marry Aiden, right? I mean, if you're not marrying Aiden, I don't, I don't, I don't know you. I don't want to know you. Like, what? He's got, he's got a cabin for you. You can have a cabin. He makes beautiful furniture. You know he is a gentle and generous lover. Like, he has a dog. Look at his hair. It's a, I don't, I don't see how you could have any other answer. Um, I, this is controversial. I would say this is a controversial opinion, but I would say fuck Steve because I think you, you know, you'd have a good time. You'd have a little laugh. I'm saying, I'm saying sex in the city edition, not the, and just like that edition. I mean, I, I love him, but that's just not, not what I'm into right now. Um, but I, yeah, I'd say fuck Steve because yeah, he, you, you'd go to the bar, you'd hang out, um, you'd have a few drinks. It might be a little sloppy, but you'd be laughing the whole time. And in the morning you get like coffee, you get breakfast and then you could be best pals afterward and he wouldn't make it weird. So I'd say, yeah, fuck Steve. And I mean, I hate big, I hate big. I want him dead. I wanted him dead long before he died. I, I cheered. I, I cheered a little bit when he died uh, on the bike, which is, it's not, I guess that's not uh, nice, some would say, but I mean, you know, he has to be bad in bed, right? I mean, he is most definitely a selfish lover. He probably finishes in like five minutes and is like, that was the best sex you've had in your life. He probably does the whole American psycho thing where he's like looking in a mirror it just feels like bad vibes and he's just not fun as we've seen. Like he's a lot older, but he's like a not fun older person. He doesn't want to go out. He just wants to like hang around and watch TV all day. Like I, I mean, sure. And like, he's a narcissist. I mean, he, he's just only about himself. Like you w wouldn't get a good marriage. You wouldn't get a good one night stand so locking it in hi tessa and matt this is haruka um i'm a long time sex in the city fan and i always thought that i was a charlotte in high school but i think that now i'm a carrie and for the question of fuck mary kill for aiden steve or big i would kill i would kill big because he's the man that i wouldn't get along with the most I think and well I mean it's the same ending that he would meet um for and just like that and um speaking of the con in that context um I would fuck Steve because I think he deserves a one-night stand you know kind fun chill one-night stand and Steve is a sweetheart and then I would totally marry Aiden because he was my favorite boyfriend, or he is my favorite boyfriend. Hi, this is Molly, roommate of Tessa. 
And um, I just recently finished watching all of Sex and the City, probably in like the last four months. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tessa. But um, I had never seen anything before and very quickly binged all of the episodes, movies, and the, uh, and just like that. And, um, so this is all very fresh on my brain. Um, for Fuck, Mary Kill, Aiden, Big, Steve, my answer would have to be, I'm gonna fuck Aiden, because who wouldn't? Um, I don't foresee commitment with him, though, because of, you know, his shenanigans. Um, and then the answer for who I would marry, I'd marry Steve. Easy. Easy. He put up with Miranda, and, like, that's a task. Um, but he didn't even, you know, I mean, he still loves her and still supports her. And I love to see how their relationship grew. But, um, yeah, he he's marriage material. Um, that leaves me with who I would kill. Um, luckily, don't have to because they already did it. Thank you. Um, I would kill Big. Um, I don't care for Big. I don't care for his wave. And, you know, I might buy a Peloton. Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm going to be discussing who I would fuck, marry, and kill out of Aiden, Big, and Steve. I'm going to start with fuck, and I think I would fuck Steve. Um, he's cute, and I'm into his whole bartending vibe. He's super laid back, but he does seem clingy um, when he's in a relationship with Miranda. And as much as I think he's a supportive partner to her, I just don't think I would want to be around that for the rest of my life. And we also saw what their married life looked like during and just like that and wasn't really working for them. So I think just a one night stand with Steve would do. Then I would marry Aiden. Carrie definitely screwed up big time with him. Um, so I would definitely lock that down because she could not. He's hot. He's respectful. He's in touch with his emotions. He's a furniture designer and he has a dog. So enough said there. I think I could definitely live a happy life with him. And then kill big for obvious reasons. The most personality we ever saw from him was the five minutes he was in the first episode of and just like that. And then he died. So clearly the writers agreed that he needed to go. All right, that is all. Thanks for having me guys. How are the show? How are the show? I mean, this is, for, well, I like actually your answers too. <laughs> I mean, so, okay. So we both put down, I put down two, but we both said Samantha. Yeah. I mean, this category was made for her. She, and we love her for it. Best sex on the show. Like easily she's adventurous. She has the funniest lines. Um, yeah. She does the most outrageous. Like, I think, I think that Miranda has pretty good sex too, though. Miranda does have great sex. I would say Samantha, Miranda, Charlotte, Charlotte, Carrie. Charlotte, like, has more sex scenes than Carrie does. Like, Carrie might have the worst sex of anyone on the show. Carrie's a prude. She's definitely, yeah, that's kind of sometimes why. Wait, we haven't talked about who are we either. Oh, let's do that next. Okay. Let me get a note so you don't forget. And then, okay, Anthony. We're people just like you. We make lists. Yeah, Wait, right. I want to go back to, to talking about Carrie's lack of sex in the show. Oh, right. Charlotte, like, had some pretty, like, intense sex scenes. Like, I love the tennis, or no, not the tennis, the um, gardener. Yes, um, right. She cheated with. I loved the, um, 
like this wasn't sex but it was just pretty raunchy for her like letting that artist paint her yes yes yeah she gets into some good she gets into some fun time like she's kind of cool she is and and then it's funny because when she realizes how important sex is to her when her marriage fails with trey and then right she's like, trey, oh god trey. Slut? and it's like no girl you just like good sex and like yeah you should have that <laughs> totally totally i also put anthony because yeah I think anthony's kind of a hoe too i think um, that's a good answer i like that answer he's so funny and he's yeah. always making these quippy comments about who he wants to sleep with and yeah he has slept with and I, I just was like, Anthony can get it for sure. He definitely like, can, yeah. Yeah, I he wish there was can. more of him. I, I do too, I do too. Okay, now who are you? Oh man, I was just talking about this the other day. Oh, is it a cop-out if I say I'm a blend? No, because uh, I that's my answer too. Okay, cool. I think, ugh, it's funny as if- Oh wait, could you want to do, you want to do uh, Sun, Moon, Rising? I don't know what that means. Oh, for it's astrology. Oh. So like your son, like what sign are you? I'm an Aries. Okay, interesting. <laughs> that makes sense. Very social and very emotional. Love that. Okay, so um, so sun, moon, rising is basically like primary, secondary, tertiary, more or less. Oh, okay, okay. If you have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, it's funny because I feel like the older I've gotten, I've changed my answer a few times, but I think I'm kind of a Miranda. I think I'm kind of a realist. Yeah. Very career driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been burnt. You know, I got a hard, hard shell. Yep. But <laughs> I caveat that with, I think I'm, I'm kind of a Samantha in some ways. I feel like I'm very confident. I love being yep. social. I'm great with people. Um, also successful. Thank you. Also mm-hmm. successful. She is very successful. She very. She's she actually is low key, maybe next to Miranda, like one of yeah. the most successful people on there. She's extremely successful. 100% agree. She gets them into everything. She does. She just, oh my gosh, in the Soho House episode, hilarious. Lol, yeah. Love that. Um, and then probably unfortunately. <laughs> That's so mean. I think a bit of Carrie um, as a writer. No, that's, I don't think that's unfortunate. You don't? No. Okay. I, yeah, like she's got the writer, but you know, everything's a story in her eyes, which is definitely the same to me. And, yeah. you know, like I, I do think as much as Carrie's had her bad moments of being a friend, she does pull through at the end of the day. And I'd like to think that I'm a pretty good friend to people. I've definitely. You absolutely, friends. absolutely are. Thanks, Matthew. I've definitely fucked up a few times and I have, I try to learn from those, you know, mistakes, which I, I, I hope that Carrie would have as well. Um, she does. She does. She, does. she, she learns, she, she falls hard and then she learns a lesson, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's my, yeah. that's my three. And she also two- apologizes too, you know, there's repentance in the show. There's like, wow, I really fucked up. And then, you know, I like that. Oh my God, when she in the finale looks at the three of them and says, um, I wonder what would have happened if I never met you. Oof, yeah. I was like tearing up so hard. Oh, Intense. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Love. Okay, your turn. Okay, I'm a Miranda Sun or a Miranda Primary. I forget the Sun Moon Rising. Miranda, hard exterior, like you said, realist, yep. kind of like trends negative because I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Carrie uh, Moon. Mm-hmm. I am self-centered 
um, I, um, I like clothes. Um, Loves clothes. And sometimes they make bad, and sometimes they make bad decisions. You know. Who doesn't? And then uh, Charlotte, honestly. Um, Ooh. I would say because I like have a prudish side, um, because I'm traditional sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my three. I love it. I, I, I like, love Samantha, obviously, but <laughs> I, I love Samantha, but but she's not. She, I love her a lot, but I don't see her very much in my, um, she's not really me. I would say if I, I'm going to give a, a shout out to you, Matthew, that you are very funny and Samantha has some is funny. Of the best jokes on this show. That's true. But I think Miranda's actually very fun. I think Carrie's actually hilarious. Carrie's hilarious. Oh, and by the way, one of my favorite lines from the movie, she goes, <laughs> actually, I love this so much. <laughs> She, Carrie has this a horrible depressive episode. By the way, an incredible montage where they're coming in and out of her room and she's like dazing in and out of sleep. Beautiful. She finally emerges. She eats a little bit. She comes out. She, she makes a joke. And then Samantha goes, oh, honey, you made a little joke. Good for you. <laughs> that is such a great line. Incredible line. Like just that, the character in a nutshell. And, by, and, and honestly- that's my life philosophy like that that's just that is everything it's like mm-hmm. just make a joke just make just make yourself laugh you know and just like that Matthew realized <laughs> he's a little bit of Samantha too <laughs> lol and 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 in just like that we're we're actually here at the end of the show with slut of the month but of the month you go first I'm so okay I have two okay. first Vecna from Stranger Things <gasps> I, I don't know if you watch do you I don't. okay Vecna is like the villain, I guess you could say, in season in the latest season. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things is like one of the most. It's just so mainstream. It's so mainstream in a way that like I'm obsessed with. Like I just love how just like big and broad it is, and like, everybody watches it. And it's expensive, and people are excited about it. And, like everyone and their mom talks about it. I don't know. There's something about that that I really like. Mm-hmm. And I this character has spawned a lot of memes. I'm obsessed with Stranger Things unabashedly. And then um, this is a music one, not a, not a media one. Ooh, that's But great. earlier this month, I heard a, a Roy Orbison uh, greatest hits record um, at like a vintage store or something. Ooh. And I have been haunted by his voice um, ever since. He obviously did Pretty Woman, um, but also Blue Bayou. And Roy Orbison on his recording of Blue Bayou, which I believe he wrote and then was later popularized by Linda Ronstadt. Oh my I, gosh. Yes. 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 Okay. I cannot get enough of this song. Like it is, it has skyrocketed into my top 10 songs of all of, uh, or I let's say top 10 records of all time, because I can't, I'm just like obsessed with the vibe. It is literally, it's everything to me. It, it wow. is what it means to be a cancer, in my opinion, is oh, Blue wow. Bayou. Yeah. Damn. And that's my slut. Those are my sluts, Vecna and Roy Orbison. Good sluts. They're getting around. Yeah. And Roy is a slut because he likes, because on Blue Bayou, he's like singing about like, um, like I left my baby behind on Blue Bayou. And like, he just like use it. He's just like clearly like in his feelings. And like, you can tell that he's just kind of like a, a slut you know Oof. Oof. 
You can just tell. You can tell. <laughs> um, those are great. TYSM for sharing. <laughs> um, I would like to uh, say that mine is Susie Essman, the actress who is a HB ho herself. She was um, a massive part of our podcast for the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Nice little callback. Mm-hmm. But also was just on the newest season of Hacks. I and she killed it. So great. I texted Matthew right away. I was like, Susie's on Hacks. She was so good. So funny. So delighted to see her. And then second shout out to my, my friend, Emily, my dear, dear friend, who told me that Susie was the mom on Broad City. How did I not put two? Alana's mom. Oh my God. She has some of the best lines on that show. Holy yep. shit. She is hilarious. I love her. She is a legend of comedy. I feel like an idiot for not knowing that, but wow. So happy that I do. I mean, I mean, between hacks is obviously a pretty small, a, a pretty small part, but between, yeah. between curb and broad city, like those are two iconic comedic performances. Incredible. So funny. Perfectly cast as Alana's mom. Like, yep. Totally makes sense. That's her. Like she's the goat. She's definitely uh, up there. Like when we finish this show, I think she'll be an enduring. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. I. She's a star. Our um, star. And then just a spontaneous also shout out as well to my pal Nicole. We just went to Palm Springs last weekend and had the time of our lives. Love. Thank you. It was so fun. We listened. She wanted to to share with me Los Culturistas episode counting down their top 200 moments in culture <laughs> and i laughed so hard I wait i have to listen recommend. to that one yeah listen to it. it it's long it's it's broken up into three parts which we can relate because we also can talk <laughs> a lot um wow is it worth it it's like number 197 the game of tag and then it's like one <laughs> seventy like something is Ann Dowd saying Hulu. Oh, Hulu. <laughs> that oh is my a good God. One. It is so funny. Like I really, we, we were just laughing so much. It was so much fun. So additional out to that. two sluts of the month. Um, Love. Great, great picks. I think I got three. I think you have two. I have three. We got five great sluts. Slutty month. Um, Listeners. Thanks for thanks for hearing us out about Sex in the City. We both love this show so much. We love talking about it and we're excited to share this with you. Love yes. Love yes. Next episode, The Leftovers. Stay tuned. Ooh, this one should be juicy. <laughs> nice and dark. Nice and scary. <laughs> and signing off. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at official underscore HB Hose. Music created by ZFB. Perfect. You're bored for the radio, baby. Am I? <laughs> <laughs>